Hey, oh, how you doing? This is Noobed Week 9. Today is August 12th. Correct. Uh, I am your host, Ben Vandal. Boston Beer Benny on Instagram. Treehouse Benny on Untapped. To my left, your radio right, my co-host, Mo Fortin. Mo, how you doing? Doing all right. The rain seems like it's holding off for now. Uh, it's not really a great summery day, but, you know, we're going we're gonna to make do today. Yeah, it's not too bad. So uh, we are going to try to bring you the show Fast and Furious, keep it back to our roots, 30 minutes or less. Um, just a quick announcement here. In addition to iTunes, we just got added to Stitcher last week. Big news. So Android listeners, uh, now get on Stitcher, subscribe, download, rate the show. That's the way people find us. So we'll jump right into our tap list here. It's going to be quick today. We're doing What Are You Drinking, our local releases segment. We have a listener email, third all time, which is pretty exciting. Nice. Uh, vocabulary, weird beer stuff, and we'll get you out with show for the week. This is going to be hang them and bang them. We're going to get out as fast as possible. So Got we're going to do. jump into our, uh, well, we'll give you a reminder of our drinking game. Fantastic and dive in for me, correct, and Mo's wife for him. We have added super, and uh, I think if you want to get really drunk, you can add very to the game as well. We Ooh, say very a lot. We do. Uh, including twice right there. Take a sip. So uh, we are going to dive in. We'll start the game right with what are you drinking? Mo, what do you got this week? I got some things. Um, anybody who follows our Facebook group, and, you know, you're going to have to drink a lot during this segment. We can see this already. <laughs> yeah, this is, yeah, 100%. You know, the writing is on the wall, so to speak. Um, the Facebook group, I posted uh, some a picture of some things that my wife's friend got me from vermont um so i got some burlington beer um and some foam so wicked excited about that a lot of things that i haven't tried before yeah um check the facebook page if you want to see exactly what i did get um also still have some adult human went up and grabbed that release the other day yeah rocking we'll the t-shirt that. oh that's great tea um and also still have some two hundred thousand trillion. so i gotta drink that uh probably this weekend yeah so. yeah i look forward to trying that as well i got two hundred thousand trillion as well Adult Human, both courtesy of Mo. Thank you very much. Uh, and I'm going to head out to Proclamation today for the new double IPA release. Uh, I already forgot the name. It slipped my mind. And they do have Derivative Mosaic as well. Hopefully I can get my hands on. Had something to do with gold. Yeah. It, gold I mean, rimmed glass, gold yeah, on the can. I don't remember what I, the name was. I don't was. remember the name. But we'll think of it. And I'm sure you're probably yelling it at the uh, the phone right now. So... Uh, in local releases, Trillium continues their summer of unbelievable um, collabs. They did a one that we referred to, Adult Human. It was done with the Veil. The Veil is out of Virginia. Yes, right, Richmond, Southern DC Virginia. era. Yep. Um, they do great stuff. Everything I've had from them has been really, really good. So uh, this beer, I anticipate, will be just as good. You've already had it, right? Yes. All right. What did you think? Um, it was phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's brewed with blood oranges okay so it definitely has that characteristic in it you can taste the typical you know trillium trillium style in there for sure again we kind of touched on this last week i don't really know the veil style yeah so i don't really know if i can pick that out i've never had anything from them before it does seem to have a little uh a little different feel to it but okay. i i can't put my finger on it but definitely bleeds blood oranges for sure yeah and they went with the color can so you can tell they're really really, really cool can about it. really what's cool the can. uh what's the name of that proclamation one uh nomenclature nomenclature there you go nothing to do with gold but nope not at all <laughs> all right trillium also did another pairing with jay wakefield called miles away this was a sour only available in-house i believe for pores 
Yeah, they didn't have it in growlers or anything like that. I've heard a couple people have had it, including yourself. You said it was very good? Yeah, I think... I did actually read why they named it Miles Away. To yeah. make it, it makes you think you're miles away from work and home and oh, all that. You're, good. like, on the beach. But, really, it should have been miles away for how much better it was than any other sour. Because <laughs> that thing was... That thing was great. It, it was... It puckered you. Yeah. And it, it hung in your mouth. You could just... You still had that sour taste in your mouth after taking a sip. It was great. I had a pour of it. Um, it was worth the $11 I spent. Oh, and the, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jay Wakefield was the maker of that troll so hard. So they do great sours. They were a standout at the Sour Fest that I went to earlier this year. So uh, moving on, Foam uh, a Brewery up in Vermont has put out a yearly can release. They're doing built to spill in cans this year. Um, so if you are lucky enough to get that, enjoy it and uh, good luck. Deciduous out of New Hampshire put out a double IPA named Blade last week. I'm not sure if that's still available, but it is available in Growlers. Also, Deciduous doing their own chocolate beer truffles Ooh. that you can get in house. You can get them to go, you can get them on their charcuterie board. So nice. That's pretty cool stuff. Just got in my first Deciduous keg at the Cask and Pig. Oh, so really? that's on, on deck. I have an IP. I forget if it's an IPA or an IPL, but it's called Hinge. Okay. Uh, and it's a collaboration with another brewery that I hadn't heard of before. Um, but the uh, apparently it's supposed to be at least semi-limited release. So oh, good. Uh, something cool for, uh, for people to drink at the cast coming soon. And our friends down at Tilted Barn have put out a new beer called Propagator. Um, it sold out yesterday. By the time you're hearing this, it's already sold out. <laughs> they have limited peep toad uh, cases left. So if you're going out today good luck getting those but that's the end of our what are you drinking and local releases segment and we're going to move over to our listener email we had a listener write in this is about our treehouse segment when mo and i Mm. did the treehouse review and some of the criticism that came out about it last week about scaling up yeah this is a friend of the show eric he is in our uh, a lot of our beer forums He's a home brewer. We we get to enjoy some of his beer. His beer company is High Robot. Uh, he does some cool stuff, and and you gotta admire a, a home brewer, you know, that can sure. really that can make some good beer. So he tries to explain to us about the scaling process. And Mo's gonna read this for you right now. Yeah. So he just wanted us to preface this by saying that he doesn't have any actual you know insight into the treehouse process yeah um, but he has done some brewing with some people um, who have tried to scale up batches and these were some of the issues that they ran into um, so it's really just more of a personal standpoint and just from his general knowledge on brewing which seems to be pretty extensive yeah um, definitely. he's done a, a bunch of batches a bunch of different beers a bunch of different styles so um, he says hey guys just a bit of insight on the small batches from treehouse From what I know of other local breweries that have scaled up in the brewing process, this can be from a bunch of different reasons. Most of which, you know, thankfully we did touch upon the show, so we didn't sound like complete idiots. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Beer recipes don't scale up linearly, he says, at that volume. So tweaking recipes is likely happening, which does make complete sense. Yeah, I think we kind of talked about that. It's not a perfect science, you know. It's it's living organisms, so. Uh, I think this was speculated to be the case with the increased frequency of the Curiosity series. This was kind of cool. I hadn't really thought of that. The big thing with scaling up recipes is the dimensions of the kettle, venting, mash efficiency. Um, All of those things can cause huge differences in the beer. So it makes sense that they were doing the Curiosity series because that's a a series that they play with anyways. So it's kind of like experimenting with the new new equipment, maybe with the new space. Yeah, that's Um, pretty... 
that's a good insight there. He also says uh, mechanical equipment beyond the brew system can cause issues and limitations up front or down the road. Um, the final thing, like we mentioned, is basically you don't want to screw up a huge batch and yeah. be out all of that money rather than screwing up a small batch. And I, I heard another person just throw out there, I, I mean, I just threw something against the wall to see if it would stick, different water. Yeah, I heard the same thing. I mean, I, I don't think it could make a huge difference, but it, it might be, you know, some kind of a factor in their in their new beer, in their new facility. Yeah, I, I, I mean, know. they're within 15, 20 minutes of their own thing. They're probably right. drawing off the same supply, I would think. But, uh, yeah, you never know. I mean, so, so we thank Eric for reaching out, and he did have a new... Uh, was it a bottle condition saison? For yeah, us? Um, we didn't get to we didn't get to meet up this morning because uh, I was a little late coming out of bed. But uh, he said he's going to drop one off a little bit later this afternoon, so we should have that uh, for the next time we uh, we get together. Yeah, we'll try that. We'll put that in our what are we drinking segment next week. Absolutely. Uh, so stay in touch with that, and um, if you are interested in trying any high robot stuff, message us directly on the New England Weekly Beer Discussion Group. We'll get you in touch with Eric. Make sure it's good with him. We don't want to just give out information and have him get bombarded. So New England Weekly Beer Discussion on Facebook. We'll post a little bit more. Maybe we'll post some uh, some to- from uh, quotes from this email. But that is our listener email. So we'll continue to keep you up to date with the Treehouse saga uh, <laughs> and how it's going. The lines have been out of control. They do that drone view line that you sent me. Yeah, that was, was really cool. cool. That was yeah, really cool. So, so they're doing some cool stuff, and we'll obviously keep you up to date uh, as the season changes here and they get more comfortable in their new space. The line the other day went down to the lower parking lot. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that was, <laughs> that's that was, absurd. That's crazy. That is absurd. That was just on can day, too. Yes. So, um, we are going to move to our next segment, fan favorite, vocabulary. Uh, vocabulary, we bring you a new word this week that uh, I will quiz Mo on. It's not, not much of a spelling word. Okay. But, but it, it's more of a process word. So the word that I have this week to teach you guys when you're looking for on the shelves is double dry hopped Ooh. or DDH. Okay. Mo, do you know what double dry hopping is or dry hopping in general? Um, from what I've understood, and again, this is from a non-brewer. Yep. Um, double dry hopping would be um, a double addition of hops but after the initial hops so when yeah. you have the hops in the wort and they're kind of going uh, going crazy and the fermentation's happening it's later on in the brewing process you add the double dry you, you add the dry hops um, and let them sit in the mash for a little while that's pretty much all i know about that and i'll go out on a limb it's D D H. that is correct thank uh, you <laughs> you have to drink i said correct so <laughs> Uh, dry hopping, you are absolutely correct. It's the addition of hops late in the brewing process to increase the hop aroma of a finished beer without significantly affecting the bitterness. Mm. Dry hops may be added to the wort in the kettle, whirlpool, hop back, or added during the beer primary fermentation stage, or even later in the process. Um, so the best analogy I could come up with when I was doing this is it's a lot like garlic for those of you that cook at home. Uh, when you cook garlic, a lot of times you use a roasted garlic, which would be like a traditional hop. When somebody makes a good IPA, you get the full flavor of the hop out of it. 
But when you're just garnishing a dish with it, sometimes you can put it in a little too early. It gets really, really bitter. Hmm. And uh, sometimes what you should do is add it later in the cooking process and get that good flavor out of it. It's a good this, analogy. This gives you a lot of uh, floral notes on the nose. Gives you a lot of great sweetness and fruitiness on the tongue from the hop without getting the really, really bitter uh, oils when they break down from the hop. So a couple of double dry hop beers that I've noticed on the shelf here recently uh, from Stone, which is a West Coast brewery. They did a Delicious double IPA, which is also double dry hop. The Ruin 10 is a triple IPA, which is double dry hop. And uh, also last week, Moe's, or a couple weeks ago, Moe's uh, Shelf for the Week, where I'm town, is uh, double dry hop. So hmm. uh, be on the lookout for those. You'll see a lot of the breweries too. Trillium, obviously, it's famous. They're DDHs for just about every variation. Uh, every brewery uses this. Uh, it's a great way to get flavor in and keep that smooth New England juicy IPA flavor. So double dry hopping is the word of the week, and we will post more information about that on our Facebook group. Um, any questions about that, Mo, about the double dry hopping process? No, that's definitely a, a, a good good term to become familiar with because it's, you know, it's something that's just being becoming more and more common in the in the beer world so yeah and we'll post uh, some pictures too if i see any in the liquor store mo's going out to a liquor store uh, beer tasting today maybe yeah. you'll see some there and we'll post some posts we'll see i don't know who even know who's gonna be there no i mean why would you you know <laughs> well, i mean that'd be cool to know leading up to a beer tasting yeah, but I mean, you kind of want to know that. 30 breweries i mean i don't know it's yeah. just a little thing um so just a quick side note before we go into weird beer stuff uh there was a big purchase this week uh, Constellation Beverage, which is a big beverage distributor. They do, I believe, Corona and Modelo. Modelo. <laughs> yep. uh, <laughs> they purchased uh, a craft, uh, craft kind of niche beer, uh, Funky Buddha, which is a really good brew, uh, good beer company. It's coming uh, to that Copenhagen Beer Fest that we were talking about. And so this is another one, Mo, falling down to the, uh, falling down to the big guys. Yeah, kind of a, an odd acquisition. Um, they don't dabble a whole lot in the craft beer world. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't consider Corona and Modelo to be craft beer. Not at all, no. Um, they do also own Ballast Point, which I guess maybe, you know, a little bit there. Yeah, yeah um, I, like, I like Ballast Point stuff. So I'm, I'm really interested in this. I've already given my salespeople uh, notices. If they do get anything from Funky Buddha, I want to be the first one to know about it, so... Very interested to try some stuff from them. I never have, so yeah. Um, maybe this makes them more accessible. Like I always say, if I can get the beer, then I'm all for these acquisitions. It might, you know, might kind of suck for you know a little guy to sell out to the another one of the big bad guys, but um, we just, might get to try it. So yeah. Other than a trade, there's really no other way we can get that beer. And maybe this if it is, comes up here. Maybe this is a response by Constellation to um, to InBev. You know, you never know. Quite possibly. I mean, that's really somebody that they can't compete with a whole lot yeah you I mean right now i mean but you start making purchases like this and that's you, true. you never know um it really also only takes one or two another side note our co-host mo is going for the cicerone testing here soon yeah i'm He's almost ready for that i think almost a beer server yeah right? for the first yeah the very first preliminary test is just an online test so how's that going um, I've made some flashcards. I've been going over terms. Um, I don't know how in-depth the test really is. I've talked to a couple guys who have taken it. Um, they said the first time you take it, um, it, it it's obviously a lot harder because you don't know what to expect. Uh, you get two tries to okay. pass the first test. And then I think the subsequent tests after that are in person. 
Yeah. Um, I think you have to go oh, up really? to Boston, and they do like uh, they do a, an exam with you, and then there is a tasting portion later on. I don't know at what point that comes in, um, but I, I want to see this through. I want to try to get a couple certifications because I think this could uh, this could really open some doors as yeah. far as jobs or as far as you know just education in life. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to know more about something that I'm I'm pretty passionate about. So, and as far as the podcast goes, we might actually know what we're talking about if Mo gets yeah, some that would be great. I mean, uh, might add some credibility. So, <laughs> uh, that is the end of our quick side notes, and we'll jump into a fan favorite here: weird beer stuff. Uh, this is a a fun segment that we do every week. We find the weirdest stories, not just in beer, but in alcohol related stories, and uh, they've been they've been really gross the past couple weeks. So I'm going to tone it down here. It's still a little gross, uh, but I'm going to start out. I'm going to read my story to Mo. Mo that yep. has a story for me. I'm going to take you out to the beautiful city of Ashland, Oregon. Mm. Ashland, Oregon is home to Ashland. Rogue Rogue Ales. So I'm sure you've had Rogue Dead Guy Ale. Yeah, yeah, not a bad beer. Yeah, they do a lot of good stuff. Well, they came out with a beer uh, called Beard Beer. Ooh, beard beer. Yeah, beard uh, beards and craft beer go hand in hand. They, they are do. they are very pretentious. Uh, you can see a pretentious neck beard anytime you go to a brewery. Uh, what they actually did was uh, they sent in the head head brewer's John Mayer's beard. They sent nine strands of his beard hair to their yeast cultivating lab and got a strain of yeast made out of his beard hair. Now is that weirder than the fact that his name is John Mayer and he's a famous singer? I mean, yeah. It <laughs> might be Meyer. M-A-I-E-R. Oh, he spells it differently? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's still pretty weird. It is pretty weird. So he sent nine strands of his hair to a yeast laboratory called White Labs for testing and culturing of the new yeast for this beard beer. So they made this beer? They did. Or they're in the process of making it? They, I believe they already made it. Damn. And uh, John Mayer has vowed never to cut his beard. Wow. He will never cut his beard. That's an interesting side note. That's kind of like our friend Tom, but he cuts it from time to time. Yeah, yeah. He, Tom always bails out. So. Yeah, he always says he's not going to, and then he does. So, so beard, beer, Mo, you drinking it? Yeah, again, why the hell not? This one really grosses me out. Yeah, this There's one's kind of odd. There's something about hair that just mm. really creeps me out. I don't know why it's... It's just the well, thing it that can I be have. Very dirty. It's... Yeah, I mean naturally, especially beard hair. Yeah. If you've ever seen a man's beard, that um, especially a man that has vowed not to cut his exactly, beard. Exactly. That's what I was gonna say. If very he's not gross. Cut it, he obviously doesn't. He doesn't maintain it. Yeah, but I'll try it. You know, I mean, who am I? I'm, I'm just, just a man. Guy. Just a guy. Just a man. You know? So, uh, in search of weird beer. That's it. <laughs> that's it. So if you see it, beard beer by Rogue on the shelf, pick it up, and you know that it actually came from a beard. Wow. Now, it's just going to be on the shelf. Just, I mean, I think something I mean, like that would be, that might you know, be at least in a lockbox. Yeah, they didn't give a ton of details on yeah. the site that I saw. Maybe I'll, I'll find a better article, post it to the Facebook group. All right. Maybe we can get some more information about the release of that. Okay. That's what I got. What do you, what do you got, Mo? See, you went more, I mean, you always go for, like, these really weird, <laughs> like, I mean, which is great. It's, you know, this is great radio here. But yeah. um, I went this week with a little, just something that I found odd. Okay. Um, and it's funny because you touched on this brewery already in the show, yeah. and I, I did not know that you were going to mention Stone. Okay. Uh, so Stone. that's the that's the this the piece of my weird beer thing. We went full West Coast on this weird. <clears throat> yeah. Beer. So uh, Stone Brewing Company, uh, based in California. Yes. Uh, San Diego is where the the 
the owner and co-founder is from. His name is Greg Cook. I think I'm saying his name right. K-O-C-H. Sure. Could be, could be Koch. Could be <laughs> Cock. Um, so he, he co-founded Stone Brewing Company. Um, but then did you also know that he opened a beer garden, restaurant, and brewery in south central Berlin, Germany? I didn't know that. And kind of, kind of a, exactly. That's why I was like, this is kind of a weird beer thing. Um, he opened a 34,000 square foot factory where he's expecting to produce 925,000 gallons of beer. Wow. And supplying it to Germany and 24 European countries, in particularly Britain, Sweden, and the rest of Scandinavia. And he's making stone beer. Okay. So he's making their Ruination Double IPA. Um, you know, their signature style, their signature IPA. Um, and he has a bar that has 75 beers on tap Ooh. with tons of different German styles. He's really embracing where he is and the neighborhood that he's in. And he's trying to make beer that opens people's eyes to American beer. Yeah, definitely. Because most Germans, you know, those they, that's beer, you know. And yeah. the American styles, that, you know, that came from what we did. Yeah. You know, so he's trying to show them that, hey, some of us do know what we're doing. And we understand the process, and we can make great beer too. And he's he's thriving. Guess how much he spent on this whole on this whole venture? Throw a number out there. Let's see how close you come. I'm gonna say one and a half million. <clears throat> okay, um, you have significantly underestimated this. <laughs> okay, he has spent twenty nine million dollars on this. The guy venture. who started Stone Brewing has twenty nine million dollars. He, apparently, he has more than that. Oh, my goodness. But he spent $29 million on a venture to make beer in a country that's been making beer Since for God knows how long. That is, yeah. And he's thriving. Wow. So that's, that's a great idea, though. I mean, you hear a lot of companies do that to shave, save on shipping costs uh, to Europe. They go over there and open up an affiliate. I mean, this is a, this a is real a deal. stretch. This is a drastic stretch. But, yep. But that's, uh, that's pretty cool. Um, I, I did not know that at all. Yeah, he also takes some time to throw some shade um, on beers like Bud Light. Oh. Said the average German considers American beer to be widely undrinkable. And yep. it's based on the fact that the American beer that is distributed most widely in America and anywhere else, really, is Budweiser. Yeah. So they've literally ruined American beer in Germany. And now they think we're a bunch of idiots who don't know <laughs> anything about beer. I actually Hey-o. just read for the first time uh, that... I just read an article recently where craft beer is more prominent on shelves than Bud Light now. So Well, that's that's great to hear. Yeah, that's the first time uh, they call it weird stuff. Weird stuff is more prominent than, okay. than Bud Light. I'll take but it at this it's point. It's a start. Yes. It's a start. I'll so, take it. If you heard that fiasco with Mo's wife there in the background, you can take a sip and then proceed to finish your beer. Shout out to Jess, friend of the show. Friend of the show, Jess. Thank you very much for, uh, for giving our fans something to drink to. So, yes. Um, we will go on to our show ender every week. We are doing Shelfer of the Week. This is a rite of passage. We say this every week. And I have kind of changed my view on the Shelfer of the Week now. I'm going more to the guy who is not going out to the brewery but might just be starting to get into craft beer. Okay. I'm trying to get them that basic IPA for them to judge everything on and off of and see if they can taste what I taste in a beer. Nice. So this week I went to a West Coast, uh, actually Constellation Beverage, Ooh. before I even know that they owned them. I went with Ballast Point Grapefruit Sculpin IPA. Ooh. I had it last night. It, it's a great rendition of a West Coast IPA. 
They use the acidity in the grapefruit to hide a lot of the bitterness. It has great hops. It's widely available. Yep. It's 7% alcohol, 70 IBUs, so it's right in the middle of the road there. And uh, I think it's very drinkable. I actually got a six-pack last night. $15, a little a little steep, but they're 7%. For so. a, a six-pack, though? I yeah. mean, we pay more than that for a four-pack, oh, but yeah. I mean, but that that's different stuff. But Yeah, true. Um, they do a, a number of variations on the Sculpin series. I've seen Pineapple Sculpin. I've yep. seen unfiltered sculpin last night for the first time. Hmm. Um, they do a bunch of different ones. They also do some some other great stuff. I like Victory at Sea. Their coconut uh, I've had that imperial one. Yeah, style that is really good, good too. Uh, shout out to Crit. Crit didn't make it into work after drinking that one. <laughs> really? Okay. <laughs> but um, yeah, so look for it on your shelves. Ballast Point. You can probably find it again. It's it's one of the national distros. So good one. Grapefruit sculpin. Try it out. Nice. So you went west coast with your shelfer. Yep. I'm going to stay on the east coast, even okay. though the theme of this whole show has been west the west coast. coast. I know, I know. Um, I'm going to go with a Massachusetts brewery out of Ipswich, Mass. Okay. Uh, Clown Shoes. Nice. Uh, they make a lot of really odd beers. Yeah. Uh, they definitely. definitely have some really cool named beers. Um, this one, not so much. This one's just called Mango. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's a Kolsch. Uh, six and a half percent. It's an 87 on Beer Advocate, so wow, pretty well-rated beer. Um, we've had it on tap a couple times at the Cask and Pig. Goes over really well. Great summer beer. It's kind of light. Does have a little fruit to it, like like the name would imply. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does have some, uh, you know, some flavor to it as well, not just fruit notes. So I mean, a cool beer if you're just uh, if you're outside, you want to be drinking something kind of smooth. Uh, it's a good good summer beer. So get it while you can, because. The summer's summer's leaving us soon. I know, I know. It's, it's almost done. But uh, yeah, Clown Shoes, a lot of distribution on shelves. <clears throat> Definitely. Locally. They do really cool labels. Uh, make sure you check the dates, though, because it seems like they do sit yes, there for a while. that's definitely true. Uh, they had a, a stout called Vampire Slayer, I think yeah, it was called, that yeah, I've heard, I, of I've heard was like unbelievable. I've never had never it. Never had it. And I've never really seen it on shelves. But if you do see that one as well, Vampire Slayer, try that out. Um, it took me a while uh when I started drinking craft beers to really get into stouts and to kind of understand. But I think it was because I wasn't drinking the right stouts. I wasn't Could drinking barrel-aged stouts. I True. wasn't drinking really good, deep, rich stouts. So uh, just try something different this weekend, you know. Try to get out there. Try a stout. Try our Clown Shoes Mango. Try the Grapefruit Sculp and let us know what you think. Mm. Uh, again, Boston Beer Benny on Instagram. See what I'm drinking. Treehouse Benny on Untapped. You see how I rate it. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Subscribe to us on Stitcher. Just Join find us, us on man. Facebook. Just man, find we're us. all over the place. We're getting huge here. There's no reason to not be listening at this point. It's unbelievable. So we will get out of your hair. We are under 30 minutes. Mission accomplished. Beautiful. That was plenty fantastic. of time to get up the proclamation. <laughs> and it only took one take, but we didn't delete it. I know. Time. So we actually recorded it first try. And this is the first time in a couple weeks. Yep, that's confirmed. I can see it now too. But thank you very much for listening, and we'll uh, we'll see you next week. Catch you next week. Thanks, guys.